0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, Hello and welcome to the and Talk, back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series after Arsenal have beaten Watford 1-0. Very, very thankfully, it was quite a stressful game. A lot more stressful than it was ever supposed to be. Arsenal certainly made it a lot harder than they needed it to, and to be honest, I mean I've titled this video saying that we tried to lose because... (laughs) We really did try everything that we could to sabotage our own performance, which was ridiculous. Missing penalties, scoring disallowed offside goals, even I mean, even getting in the way of a certain goal, uh, by then being in an offside position, Mr. Abameyang. Uh, and also, I mean, Aaron Ramsdale having a very rare uh kind of lapse of judgment and getting nutmegged. Josh King uh, unable to uh, take advantage of that situation. And that will be... I mean, when when Watford look at the end of the season, if they go down by a single point, they will look back at that chance uh, that Josh King had to, to earn a point at the Emirates. It was a big, big one. But Arsenal finish just before the international break with three points between them and second place, which... Is ridiculous. Uh <laughs> I know I've, I've used that word a lot today, but it genuinely is quite staggering how Arsenal currently sit just the three points uh, off of that second place. And, and even more interesting, of course, currently sitting three points ahead of sixth place Manchester United, six, uh, seventh place Brighton, and four points off of eighth placed Wolves and ninth place. Tottenham Hotspur as well opening up that gap now between themselves and that top six position too which is always going to be the end of the season goal I am not expecting us to hit top four it is not an expectation I had at the start of the season my expectation for this season was to hit top six and that is certainly what we seem to be looking to achieve uh this season and it may be that we push for a top four place if we can do that unbelievably positive, unbelievably great. And it will be games like this where Arsenal need to really grind out a performance. I mean, if you think about, I was, I picked up on this when we were doing the Arsenal way reaction earlier on today, that we've beaten Burnley, Watford and Norwich all by the same scoreline of one nil. They're games that maybe, yeah, we should be kind of being a little bit more dominant cruising through those games a little bit easy. I mean, you say dominant, we were certainly dominant against Norwich and against Watford today but we weren't dominant with the goal scoring with, with kind of the, the score line. But getting those victories is so key, especially when you look at Chelsea, say, drawing that game against Burnley. It goes to show how important it can be to make sure that you pick up all the points that you need to on your route to achieving uh, your target. So that was really, really crucial for us. Individual performances were good, and we're going to be getting your thoughts and your theories and queries and questions in the comments section. So make sure you are throwing those thoughts into the chat box and I'll be going through those shortly. Uh, and if you haven't already, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Guna Talk as well if you haven't done so. There will be an 8 a.m. show tomorrow as well. We'll be talking a lot more about Arteta's press conference and kind of the indications of what he said about Tierney and Partey and a lot of the reaction to that as well as the usual transfer news. So make sure you tune in at 8 a.m. tomorrow. But bamiang, we're going to start low and we're going to push forward into the more positive stuff. Bamian for me was the uh, was was probably the worst player on the pitch uh, for Arsenal. Really, probably his worst game of the season. And for our top scorer to be playing like that in a game where you needed to be on form wasn't well, is obviously not ideal. Uh, it isn't also ideal going into the next game being Liverpool with him being in this sort of form. The penalty was really poor. The the touch which led to Saka's offside goal, which he should have taken down and scored, was was also poor and the unforgivable offside touch to stop Martin Odegaard from st- scoring again was was also really poor. I can't fault his energy. I can't fault some of his build-up play. He ran, he tackled, he got back, but still those key crucial moments are what define performances, and when the chips are down, he let us down uh, a bit today, and uh, that that was really the only kind of Real edge to the performance that I wasn't that keen on, and, and it's important that we start in kind of the the areas of development, and we move forward to the areas where we're, we're much much happier. And if we move forward from Abamyang into the other performances, Ben White I thought was excellent. Gabriel actually I thought in terms of kind of the the, the context of performances we've come to be used to from Gabriel, I thought it was one of his uh, not one of his better. Displays. I thought actually that we've seen a lot more from Gabriel during these games. But I thought Ben White was great. I thought Sambi Laconga and Ainsley Maitland-Niles were excellent. Both of them too. I mean, we were obviously without Thomas Partey, that caused a bit of a stir online with the the social media reaction to the the lineup being announced. But those two, Mainsley is back. Uh, we're calling maitland Mainsley again. It was it was Maitland-Niles for a long time um, because we thought he was going. He was asking to leave. All of the chaos of his Instagram story. He's mainsley now mainsley's back um, which is good to see let's get hashtag #mainsley chat box members if you can throw your ma- your mainsley emojis into the chat box that's what we need to see we need to see mainsley back in the room back in the building uh, so he was really really good he got man of the match uh, from Alan Smith quite rightly it was either him or Tavares was also excellent smith who i thought was was also good uh, Lacazette got involved as much as he feasibly could do. There's a couple of instances where I thought he could have done a little, a few more things, a little bit more slick with his passing and his his movement and his final ball was a bit off. But I thought that Lacazette still had a very influential game. Saka, always solid, scored the chance that he was given, but obviously it was offside. But he was also really good. Took players on, beat his man quite comfortably. Tommy Asu really dealt with the situations that he was kind of given on that right-hand side for us really well. And Ramsdale, b- besides the huge kind of lapse of concentration, I don't even know what happened in that moment. But there was a couple of times towards the end of the game where he was called upon in a match where he's been sitting at the back doing nothing. And they're the games where you can kind of see goalkeepers switch off, which maybe led to that mistake that he had towards the end. But some of the clearances, some of the uh, the catches from corners, and tipping. Oh, there was a shot I think he tipped just over as well that he dealt with, if you're not active for a lot of the game and you're pulling out those kinds of instances, that's really, uh, that's really really positive. So uh, there was barely anything that you could really complain about today. The performance wasn't like, it wasn't slick. It wasn't the Aston Villa performance. It wasn't the Leicester performance. But there was some really good creative stuff that we didn't just put away. Uh, we could have been far and out of sight in this game. We scored a penalty. Aubameyang takes a better touch with that shot and we're up 2-0. Erdogan could have scored at the end, but obviously if Amien got involved again, that would have been 2-0. We could have won by a fair few more goals than we than we ended up doing so. So I think that it's, not a, it's certainly not a performance that I'd turn around and use against Arteta in any way. If anything, it's a show of another really kind of not defensive at all but kind of just those nitty-gritty ground out performances let's jump into the chat box then there's my monologue over and let's see what you guys are saying we'll scroll up a bit to see uh what you guys are saying Julian says evening Tom let's have a big shout out to Arteta better record than Wenger for his first hundred games Ashwin says that offside rule. I mean, people say about this, it's always been this. This has been the rule forever. You have to be, there has to be two players between the goal and the ball when the pass, sorry, goal and the player when the pass is played to the player that you're passing to. That's the rule. Uh, (laughs) The goalkeeper counts as those two players. It has to be two players. It's what the offside rule is. It's just the way that it goes, so uh, there can't be any complaining because that's just what it is. Um, O'Malley says the league has thoroughly got more competitive. No games are a given. Alex George says, and now we're fifth, relegation threatened. Arsenal, they said um very true so I says I can think of a recent period where we would have lost that game 25 0 me too mate me too indeed Sam says we have strength in depth now Tavares is solid again Ainsley Maitland-Niles making ingredients an argument for his preferred midfield position and arguably Lukonga solid again though I think he should start over Xhaka now I mean when we lose Mohamed Elneny and Partey during the African Cup of Nations we're hoping that Granite Xhaka will be back. I would start Granite Xhaka over Mainsley. I'd play him alongside Lokonga. I think he would give you a lot more than what Mainsley would give you right now. But it's good to know that Mainsley is stepping up and really filling that slot that we need him to. Um, Julian says, Tom, it's worth mentioning that Watford did get the ball back off us uh, before we scored and didn't kick it out. Um, yeah, uh, this this thing, I, I, to be honest, I've not really looked into it. I can't remember the... scenario i think it was kicked out on our right flank near the corner flag and we kind of just played the throwing. but it was a weird one because their player i can't remember who it was that was down i think it might have been ozan turfan um that was down but he was getting up as they kicked it out so as they kicked the ball out he was getting up so the it wasn't like he was down injured he was in the process of moving at this point and they've decided to kick it out look I'm not if if it was against Arsenal I would be fuming. So I'm not going to sit here and try and justify um that it wasn't that it was against the whole sportsmanship of the game sort of thing, but I can understand Ranieri's annoyance, but let's be real, if you're trying to get a point based upon that sole incident, you're not going to get it from that. And you you can't use that as an excuse as to why you lost the game because Arsenal could have easily won that game with a lot of other chances that they had. Uh, and we should have done. And maybe the game goes differently if we don't score in that moment. So who knows? It's it's very difficult. To, uh, it's very difficult to say otherwise. <laughs> but uh, I can understand why he's annoyed. But I also get the point of view of Arteta. But I think I'd probably be fuming if it was the other way around, to be fair. No Sleep says that Bamiyang had an off day where nothing went right for him. He tried, but it's just like that sometimes. The problem is, is I think this is happening quite a few times. His is performances aren't consistent this season. They weren't really last season either we're probably getting to the end of Aubameyang's kind of real top time at the club. I mean, arguably, I think we've probably already moved past it. That season where we won the FA Cup, him really being instrumental in us winning that. And then we gave him a new contract. The contract was timed badly. I mean, who's turning down the possible... Sorry, let me fly in my face. Um, (laughs) Who's going to turn... It was really difficult for us at the time to think that how are we going to get 20 plus goals a season? But since he's signed that contract. He's not gone about scoring that. 15 goals, I think he scored in all competitions last year. We need someone that's scoring 20-plus goals for the, to be the Arsenal striker. And I don't think that's going to be him anymore. It's going to be someone else. So we'll see. We'll wait. And uh, if, indeed, we do push for someone in January, like we're led to believe Arsenal are interested in doing, we'll see how that kind of develops moving forwards. Uh, go viral or die trying. Says Abamian was terrible today, but up until today, he has been very good. If he doesn't turn up against Liverpool, is it fair to give the other strikers in the squad a chance for the games after? It's about about giving these players a chance. Like I like the dynamic that we've got. I like the system. I don't think Enketia or Balogun do a better job than Aba is right now. You may disagree with me, but there's always a desperation to want to see something different. I'm not sure that necessarily you, that you would get a better performance or a better output. I would trust a to put away a chance over any other striker that we have right now. Um he's just got it in his locker to score uh, it's always that's what he's about he's about scoring goals if he's in an off period he's in an off period but the only way you get out of that off period is by playing and having a good game so you can't just sit them on the bench and hope that things will turn around you need to play them back into form and i think abam yang's in the position right now with the players that are around him and the system that we're using that it's probably not the best idea to swap him out at this moment in time um, Nabro says, I might be in a minority, but I didn't like Aubameyang's reaction with the Odegaard goal. Man, just laughed like nothing happens, and it did uh, it did annoy me a bit, says Nambro. Look, it annoyed me as well. But if I'm him, obviously, I'd be gutted. I think that he's just laughing it off, which obviously is annoying. If if we'd have, if we'd have said conceded, it would have been very annoying just to see him laughing in that situation, but it's awkward. <sighs> I'm not going to hold that against him too much. It was a really, it was, it's awkward for him. Uh, Erdogan was right to be really angry at him for it. And, uh, some of th- sometimes people just laugh things off in different ways that other people reacting. What I wouldn't have wanted was him to be affected for the rest of the game. Say if he'd have got a chance later on in the game and he'd been like really put off by that moment, could that have been really damaging? So maybe if he's taking it in his stride and just laughing it off and moving on from it, that's how he deals with things. So we'll see about that. Uh, Tom says, I can't catch the morning show tomorrow, so I wanted to ask what your thoughts on Milan's Raphael Liao uh, as a striking option. He's been all right so far uh, in the derby. Uh, I genuinely know nothing about Liao. I know that he obviously used to play for Lille because they have a habit of picking up some really, really good strikers. Uh, do Lille, but he's only got 16 Serie A goals in 72 appearances. Is that Is that what we want from a player? He's got four goals, one assist and 11 games this season. I'm not sure if that's a good enough record for us to really look and invest in someone like him. But Maybe he's looking good now, but I think we need to see someone producing at a higher rate uh, right now. Uh, Giant MC says, Tavares should be starting for a while, don't you think? I would be tempted to bring Tinney back in against Liverpool only because of experience, but... I am growing and, you know, I'm growing to the idea of using Tavares. I think he dealt with his Melisar very well. And, and that was always going to probably be the biggest test so far. Leicester and Aston Villa never really tested Tavares. I thought his Melasar did test him a lot more today. But Salah will be a different animal than anything he's faced in his career so far. So, fingers crossed, if he does play, that he is ready. And that he's at the level required to deal with the Egyptian legend uh, that is Mohamed Salah right now although saying that didn't have the most of influence on today's game as Liverpool lost to West Ham big big result for West Ham I know that a lot of people would have said they would have rather seen West Ham lose um, because that would have meant of course that we would have been level on points with them they've overtaken Liverpool they've gone into third place they're only three points ahead of us they're going to be very very tough to beat West Ham this season they are a very very good team Uh, They've won their last four games on the bounce after losing uh, against uh, Brentford, I think it was. So they're going to be a very good team. We don't play them until I think the 15th of December. Maybe we'll know a lot more about ourselves by then when we do face them. But I think we've got them in a mid... Is it a midweek game, the 15th? Let me just have a quick look. Yeah, it's a Wednesday, so not the best uh, to play them. Maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be a good time to play them in midweek because they would have played more Europe, yeah, Europa League games. Maybe it'll work out right for us. We'll have to wait and see. Matt says, I don't know how Danny Rose survived 90 minutes without a yellow card. Joke of a referee, I don't know either. He should have been booked for the penalty. It was barbaric, basically what he did to Alexandra Lacazette. And then the tackle, I think it was. what Was it on Smith-Rowe or Saka? I think it might have been Saka. It was a blatant trip. No shadow of a doubt was that a yellow card. Kuchka, I mean, here he is savage in the middle of the park for them, and you could see him getting a red card all day long. So, they, yeah, I don't really understand how Bamiang ended up on a yellow before uh, Danny Rose did, but it, it is what it is. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Peter says, Tom, thoughts on the fact that Watford committed 19 fouls, four yellows, two for the same man, and we had six fouls, four yellows. I'm missing something it does seem off uh, obviously fouls in context rather than numbers is important, but that seems a bit strange uh, that they were allowed to kind of kick Arsenal off the park, if you will. Really not ideal. Let's scroll down to the bottom of the chat and get some more of the recent comments. Uh, Thupton, who I've not recognized in the chat. So uh, if you are indeed new, Thupton, welcome. Uh, says, is it time we start believing in the process and trust Edu and Arteta because all of their transfers this window have done well and they gave the number 10 to Emile Smith-Rowe rather than buying Buendia. Well, they wanted Buendia. Uh, this it's very well documented that they did want Ben uh, Buendia. They put a bid in for him. They didn't get him. Aston Villa put in a lot more work and a higher bid. And a more attractive offer to Buendia. So that's why they got him. It's not. It wasn't that we chose Emil Smith-Rowe over Buendia. But what I would say is that Edu, I have said time after time after time, I can't fault the guy bar Willian and Runison. And when those are the only two cons... Well, I say that, and not getting a midfielder in the summer as well—that's certainly something to put forward. But his signings have been spot on. The last, the last—I think it's the eight-ish, last seven out of eight, seven out of nine signings he's made. Well, eight out of ten, I suppose, if you include William, but that was the first one. So let's say seven out of nine signings have been. Well, technically, Matt Ryan are quite liked as well. So let's call it. uh, Let's let's call it uh, eight out of ten. Last eight out of ten, maybe even nine out of. Nine out of eleven signings have been really good from him. Uh, you look at Tommy Asu, Ramsdale, Lacunga, Odegaard, uh, Ben White, Tavares, uh, Gabriel Magalhaes, Matt Ryan in January. Odegaard in January was also a good move that helped us get to where we was in the table in the end, and and nearly got us. Uh, nearly got us back into Europe. It wasn't quite enough. Uh, and Thomas Partey, of course. Like, amazing, amazing signings uh, that he's done for us. Uh, Arteta, the thing about Arteta is I still need to see more. I'm still not yet back on the train. Trust me, I'd love to get back on the train. I really want to get back on the Arteta, trust the process train. I would love nothing more, but I don't want to do it too prematurely. And I think it's important to see where we are after Liverpool, Man United, Everton and West Ham. And after that West Ham game on the fifteenth of December, I think where we are in relation to our rivals at that point will tell us a lot about where we're going to see our season go this year. So I would still wait, bide my time, and then we will discuss that in in December. But I've had a fair few people DM me today saying, "Are you back on the trust the process hype?" Which I'm not. I'm not just yet. I'm still very much being reserved. I'm still staying on the fence. I'm still waiting to see consistent performances, uh, which we've not seen. We are 10 games unbeaten. Consistent results, absolutely. Consistent performances, we still need to see some more. So, And we need to see them tested against the big six sides. Liverpool, that's a huge game. The the fact that Liverpool are now, without a win in their last two league games, one point from six, yes, they're probably going to want to really step it up against us, but it opens the door. There is an opportunity to get something from Anfield, which I really didn't think that there was. There is a chance to get something there. So that is going to be very, very interesting. So we will wait and see. Uh, JDB says, Tom, you've surely got to try and at least change your mind on Mainsley's role in the squad and not just focus on his sell-on value. Screw the money. We could get uh, he's a good squad player. I, I don't disagree with you. Look, my my, my, my position on Ainsley Maitland-Niles is that if a good bid comes in, I'm probably taking it. And by a good bid, I mean upwards of 15 million pounds. If someone says here's 16, 17 million quid for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'm probably going, yeah, I'll, you know what? I'm probably going to accept that. Because there's a couple of reasons as to why. I don't think he'll sign a new contract because I don't think he sees a future at Arsenal on a, on a consistent playing basis. So I don't think we'd get much money from him if we left it another year. And two, we've got some really good kids coming through. Really good kids coming through. And you've already got Xhaka and parte and Lekonga here. So he's good for now. I wouldn't necessarily sell him in January unless we sign someone because of the situation. But my mind on, on Maitland-Niles, on playing in midfield, is look, he can do it. He's proving it. But I just don't think that there's any point in stringing this out any further because if he's not going to sign a new deal uh, because he's not going to get enough minutes. So if we get a good big come in, I'd accept it right now. Um, Nashifa says, I know it's only one or two games, but do we need a world-class midfielder over a striker? Uh, I think the midfield still should be the priority. We really we really are lacking something in the midfield in regards to kind of that perfect partner. I know that Sambi Lekonga is really good. I love Lekonga. I don't want him to go anywhere. But the difference is, if you look at the best teams in the world, you look at the top six teams, you look at the teams that are vying for top four, central midfield and that centre midfield position is so crucial. And when without Partey, which does happen, like we lose Partey quite regularly at Arsenal. And without him... We, we really will suffer in the long term. We need to add another absolute quality central midfielder to this team, but we do need a striker. And that is certainly going to be a position that I know that Arsenal will be tracking in the next six to eight months. So I'm looking forward to that. Hello, Nathan. Good to hear from the chat box, mate. Welcome to the club. Yo-Yo says, Ainsley Mellonaz has tried to leave the club for the last two to three years, but Arteta and Edu have refused. And look, they've refused because we've needed him. And we've needed him in the group. And games like today, where we've needed to throw him in, show exactly why we've needed to to keep him. But we've got some kids coming through. We've got Patino. We've got Salah. We've got Akinola coming through that are really impressing. And uh, I will be intrigued to see how they develop and improve and maybe can take over that spot from Maitland Arms. We will wait and see. Ruben says, regarding a January striker move, do you think Arsenal are trying to take advantage of the COVID-related debt issues of the teams they would be competing with for players like Vlahovic? Uh, Possibly. There's always a chance that they would do that. I think Arsenal in particular are still looking very much towards these kind of homegrown options, improving more of the the Premier League experience side of things into the team. So that won't necessarily affect things. Ironically, Arsenal went and spent £50 million on Ben Wyatt and £24 million on Aaron Ramsdale, which was 75. Half of our budget went on those two players. And then we brought in four players from the continent. So if anything, we didn't take advantage as much as maybe we could have done of the continental market last summer. There's always the chance they will try and do that. But they Arsenal have a habit of signing players from, from Europe. We we rarely, very, very rarely... Go into the Premier League and sign proven talent. This summer was a real kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was unique in in kind of what we did. It was very different to what we've been used to. Uh, Robert Davis says, we should have given the ball back to Watford just before the goal. Yeah, we talked about that earlier on. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a very merry Christmas. So, uh, yeah. Mogos says they refused because the offer wasn't lucrative enough. Uh, Very true for Mainsley. We didn't get uh, an offer that they felt was representative of his value. PAPP says, Tom, which one of Moreno Miners, Bubakar Kamara, would you sign? I would sign Mikel Moreno of that group. Uh, Daniel Roberts says, did you listen to the Cronkies 25-minute interview? I have not yet. Uh, listen to the whole thing. Dan, you may want to be careful about saying hashtags like that. Uh, we need a lot more evidence before you change your mind on them. That's for sure. Lou Williams says, do you think Watford tactics was just to foul us and break up the rhythm? Yeah. I mean, that's all a lot of teams down the bottom of the table can do. So I'm not surprised that they did that. I'm not surprised that that's the tactic that they employed. And especially because it's Arsenal. Arsenal are known for being a little bit lightweight, a little bit easy, a little bit soft. And we weren't those things today. So that's uh, that's certainly great. Oh, look. Oh, no. Look. it's Oh, there's a Spurs fan in the chat. Oh, it's, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let me share something. I'm not going to block you just yet. I just want to share something with you. Uh, keep watching this screen. Don't go anywhere because I just want to show. Oh, what? I can't. Hold on. Can? I, hold on. I'm trying to show. Where's Spurs? I can't see him. I'm looking. I can't. Can anyone else help me? I'm trying to find where Spurs are. I can't see them. Can can anyone else see them? I'm really struggling here. I've scrolled quite far down the table. I can't see them. Oh, deary me. Uh, (laughs) That's a little bit awkward, isn't it? Oh, no. Well, at least you got to see that before you were blocked. So there you go. Tottenham get battered. There You know the rest. (laughs) Deary me. I think we might finish the show there. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Please do uh, join us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the next episode of our 8 a.m. morning shows. Drop a like on today's video. Three points from second place. How mad things change around this club. It is crazy. Uh, it is absolutely crazy how things change. We will see you tomorrow morning. A fantastic yesterday of your evening. And as always, after the Arsenal.